to the Wonder Women series of the Maker Mom podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I am your host. Every week I bring you two interviews of fantastic female or non-binary makers, some of them moms, some of them not. We are on episode 17 of the Wonder Women series and today's guest is Barbie the Welder. I've been following along with Barbie for a little while now and uh, she definitely lived up to expectations as far as just being Pretty cool to chat with, and I know you're going to really enjoy this interview. Before we hop into it, though, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So I have a few of you who are new. Thank you very much. And I'm probably going to murder your names, just so you know. All right, here we go. Thank you, Jeremy Specy, Speck, Specky. Message me and let me know if I got that right. And Sammy Lee, Lauren, Matthews, Sven, Windish, Rachel Moody, Bonnie, Larson, Laura, Pipitone, Mary Lou, Garcia, Amy, Duclos, Dan and Kelly, Brandy, Obey, Kathy, not even going to try your last name, Ellen Smith, and Ethan Carter. All right, I'm down to, this is good, this is good news. We're up to 14 patrons, and it's getting to a point I'm not going to know everyone's um, handles over on social media. So, still going to say thank you and shout you all out at the start of every episode. Just know I'm going to be getting down to names uh, just because it's getting a bit rough to make sure I keep everyone straight and on the correct uh, handle. I don't know what you want to call it. On social media. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, enough of me rambling. Let's get on into the interview with Barbie the Welder. (laughs) Well, on my podcast, I always have guests do their own introductions. So I'm going to start there and let you introduce yourself. Tell people who you are. So when you're ready, you can go ahead. Hello, my name is Barbie the Welder. I'm a full-time metal sculptor and a published author of author of five books, and I have created sculptures for major corporations like Miller Electric, Weiler Abrasives, Carolina Shoe Company, Harley Davidson, and exclusive clients in 15 different countries. That is awesome. What an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) So I, now I'm going to have to take notes to make sure I can hit back on all of that, but, um, Before we kind of get into that, like, I want to go back a little ways to your childhood. Where'd you grow up and what kind of things were you interested in? Oh, my gosh. I grew up in Elmira, New York, and very small town, amazing history. 
I wanted to be the first woman basketball player on the Harlem Globetrotters when I was a kid. I was really into sports. And I also wanted to be the first astronaut, like the first kid astronaut. Um, I used to climb trees all the time and like hide in the bushes and uh, like just like build forts. And I guess I've always been like super outdoors, super adventurous and just love like to build and do. All right. Well, I mean, you mentioned two things you wanted to be the first at. Do you think you always <laughs> kind of had like a like a drive to be kind of out of the, I don't want to say out of the norm, but, you know, being that trailblazer type person? Um, As a kid, like, absolutely. Like, I stood out as a kid, not happily. Um, this was different because of, um, I was homeschooled. And so I didn't have the connection with the other kids there. And then also my, my mom said that she could cut my hair, but I've got pictures that says that she was wrong. Um, <laughs> she made my clothes. Uh, we were, she was a vegetarian. So our whole family was vegetarian. Like we just, I, I literally was a turd in a punch bowl, you know, like pretty much all my childhood and just wanted to fit in so bad, but just stood out because of those things. But gosh, like, what was the bane of my existence then is actually like literally like it's everything that you want as an artist is to stand out. So I've been training for this all my life. <laughs> well, that's perfect. I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. Right. As a kid, all you want to do is like fit in, get all, you know, make friends easily and stuff like that. But then as an adult, especially if you had that tough of a childhood, I think it makes it easier to like be okay standing out from the crowd. Um, what about, I mean, once you reached, so were you homeschooled like all the way through, like all the way through high school? Nope. Um, fifth grade, I think my mom had had enough. <laughs> I, I loved it. It's kind of like this love hate relationship with it. Um, she just gave us freedom. Like there was certain tests that we had to pass by the state. And so she hammered in math and gosh like in reading and I mean like I just I loved I loved like she'd let me read like you know like one in the morning I'm like with a flashlight under like okay she didn't let me do that but I was doing right, that I right. just loved to read but like I wanted that connection with the kids so like the first day of school like you see the kids get on the bus and you know so I wrote her ass pretty good about it and so like <laughs> after fifth grade she's just like fine go, go to school so um fifth grade on um I went into the school system, um, zero, um, like zero socialization mm -hmm. and like went into the school. So, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and fifth grade's like fifth grade is a super tough year, especially as a girl. Like my mom was a teacher and so, and she taught in elementary school and she always said that she like hated fifth grade girls the most because <laughs> she's just like Weird. they're so like hormonal and so like, <laughs> that's when Me like and your mom would get along I, I also hated fifth grade girls <laughs> but it's like when the clicks oh. start happening you know and stuff like that it's just like that age right and so Besides junior yeah. high, I think fifth grade is like the hardest grade to either move or like you did start completely like new. I did. I did both. We moved and I went into fifth grade. I know, right? <laughs> Thanks. 
listen, it, it was, <laughs> they were setting me up for like really thick skin in the future. Yes. <laughs> like it's, it's blessed me. But yeah, at the time, like we moved, uh, went into, oh, it, like here's icing on the cake. We moved, new school. I went into school for the first time and then literally within like two weeks to join the school, I got lice. That was just like, when, you know, and then my mom's like, yeah. oh yeah, and that's it. again, like more of the haircuts. So instead of like taking care of it, she just gave me a buzz cut. <laughs> my fifth grade pictures, like, like the, the worst year of my life, right? Like, you know, and like, as it like, gosh, I was like 10 years old. They're around 10. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's just like, man, like, let's add insult to injury. Like, <laughs> hey, let's see how tough Barbie can really be. <laughs> oh, that's man. right. It's so good. I can laugh about it now. Like I did a lot of crying back then. <laughs> I imagine. And I think probably, probably justified at that, at that age to be having that emotion. Yeah. To it. Um, so, okay. So what about like when you, you know, get out of high school, like what, you know, what'd you do after high school? Um, well, to back it up just a tiny bit, mm -hmm. I, got pregnant at 16 and had my son at 17 so my senior year which I already had been kicked out of regular school because of my behavior um I made excellent choices I can't even look at you in the face and say that um I had um my my son went to school with me so I was in the alternative high school my senior mm. year and like just put him on the bus and we went to school together um in high school I it took a long time. I, I started in ninth grade trying to get to have them let me into auto mechanics. They had a BOCES mm. program, the two-year program. Um, I dealt with a ton of sexism. They said, don't you think you'd be happier in cosmetology or cooking? And I'm like, yeah, I, I haven't killed anyone with my cooking yet, but I don't want to take my chances, you know, <laughs> just wasn't my thing. And so finally it took me until my senior year to get them talked into like, I was really serious about this. So I got one year of auto mechanics. And leaving high school, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to have my own garage. That was my dream. Um, tried to get hired at Sears in the garage as, you know, as a mechanic, tires and batteries, busting. Right, right. Um, the, the manager there was like, well, you need college to work here. So I went to uh, Corning Community College um, as a single mom without any support. Um, I was able to afford two semesters. And after that, I had to drop out because I just didn't have the money to pay for the books or the, or the schooling. Mm -hmm. um, but I went back to Sears after the two semesters, got hired there, busting tires and batteries, even though I knew how to do like alignments and stuff. And then within a couple of weeks of me, like needing college to get that job, they hired this guy that uh, I had to train him how to do tires and batteries. So that's what I did out of high school. <laughs> That is, uh, first of all, I actually, I, I commend you for still going after your dream. Um, cause I know getting pregnant that young can throw a lot of people off course from what they, oh, yeah. what they want to do. Um, I oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I had one of my good friends in high school got pregnant. Uh, I think she was probably about the same age, about 16. And, um, brought her baby to school with her they had a, a little daycare child you know oh. um and she was one of the most grown-up people I've ever known but <laughs> you know, um uh, you're forced so, to be 
Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, and I was raised, um, my mom was a single mom until I was 15. So I have a lot of respect for for single moms because they put in so much oh, more work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're... <laughs> You're doing, you know, I would assume like doing the tires and the batteries. That's not like the dream job, right? You wanted your own garage at it some kinda, point. It kind of was. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of was really like, I mean, it's not where I wanted to be end game, right? But right. just being in the garage, like auto mechanics was my first love. You know, it was uh, just being in the garage, being around the other mechanics, like just loved it. I worked my way up like over the course of the year that I was there. Um, minimum wage job and uh, because I'd gone to college for the two semesters I learned a lot in that time mm -hmm. and within a year they put me in charge of um, doing all the brake inspections that came in and then when like if it was slow I'm either sweeping or I'm over helping the grade eight mechanics do alignments and stuff because I'm capable of doing that and by the end of the year I was in charge of all the brake jobs that came through that uh, that shop but uh yeah, I, I went to the boss and asked for a quarter raise after the end of the year. And he told me, um, I don't give a good gosh darn, not those words, yes. but you're getting paid. He, and it was like, I just, I ended up quitting the job because they wouldn't even give me a quarter raise. And I'm out there doing, right. doing everything, which happily doing everything. But yeah, I felt like I was worth a quarter more an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Like, come on, 10 bucks more a week, man. It's not that much. To ask no, no, for. no, it's not. So, no, I mean, yeah. I, obviously, now you're, you know, a welder um, and an artist. Like, how'd you get into that? Like, where'd that come up? So, I was in the automotive industry with college, like, including the time in college for seven years. Um, moved around to a bunch of different jobs, dealt with sexism in every single one. Except for the one that was, I sold cars for three months. It was awful. Just not my, like, yeah, it's like, I just, I want to get my hands dirty and turn wrenches. Like, that's where my heart was. Um, just dealt with sex as a one shop after another. It was just, it, it ended up like, I, I fell out of love, right? Just like, I allowed myself to like, just fall out of love with it. And just, I was young. I didn't know the right way to handle it. And mm -hmm. so... I just, I kept quitting jobs and going to a new one instead of, you know, like I tried a couple of times to be like, to go to someone else and be like, Hey, this is what's happening. And it didn't turn out too well. They were just like, uh, there's nothing we're going to do. And so I was like, F it. Like it's, it's go time. So for a little while and gosh, don't quote me on time, but for a couple <laughs> of years, I, um, I delivered pizzas because I love to drive. I still love to drive. Delivered pizzas, and that gave me the, you know, like the freedom and independence. I could, at the time, I smoked cigarettes, so I could smoke cigarettes. Sorry about your smoky pizzas, people. I could <laughs> smoke cigarettes, I could jam my music, and I could drive around and get paid for it, which I loved. Um, I held a bunch of different jobs, and then um, after a while, I got into hauling scrap metal, and I was selling stuff on eBay, like going to the local pull and, uh, pick and pull place, Mm -hmm. And I would pull like I'd pull stereos and rack and pin or not rack and pins, but um, steering columns. And I was pulling like door panels and, and radios and stuff. And just I was pulling them and I was selling them on eBay. And between that and the scrap metal, I was making about 10 grand a year. And at the time, like by the time I got to that, I was married. It was actually my second marriage. And um, between the two of us, we had three kids. I'd 
my son, we had a son together and he had a daughter and we were making about 10 grand a year. Um, sat down one day and watched a movie with the neighbor and it was Castaway starring Tom Hanks. And in the beginning of the movie is this woman who is welding these giant angel wings in this, in this big barn. She's got the hood down and it's dark and like the sparks are flying everywhere. And I can't explain it. It just sounds stupid when I say it out loud, but like with zero artistic experience, with never having welded before, like I knew in that moment, like that 15 second clip that that was what I was meant to be. And so started chasing that, uh, starting chasing that, that dream. And like I said, it does, it sounds so stupid to say it out loud, but no. like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. It was just like, something just spoke to my soul and uh, it, I just, I knew that that's what, that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. I don't think it sounds stupid at all because there's always, <laughs> no, there's always some rant. I don't want to say random, but there's always some moment I think where you just know, like, and even if you've never touched it, you know, that's like what you're meant to do. I mean, yeah. I power carve and I've never, you know, I had done woodworking, but I'd never done power carving before. And I see one video of it and it's like that, that is what I want to do right there. Oh um, my gosh. So we can talk about it. that later on because <laughs> I have been, have you ever heard of Ridgeway uh, Rendezvous? I have not. It is the largest chainsaw carving gathering in mm. the world. Um, I was actually a part of it two years running on the t-shirt, only welder in the world to go. <laughs> And I have a huge community of chainsaw sculptors that I'm friends with that they actually saved my business in the beginning. Awesome. That's awesome. Oh. Um, well, I would say there's, I mean, there is and isn't overlap, but both, both, both groups are making large sculptures, right? You're making large yeah. sculptures. Um, yeah. So, so you start chasing that dream. Was it always about, making artistic pieces um or was it like more about welding or just the two together that's what you wanted to chase after metal art um it was immediately and has always been the metal art mm -hmm. how do you find them how do you get started in that and then how do you find a market for that oh my god i have no freaking <laughs> clue right so the whole time I was watching the movie, I don't know who Wilson is. I don't know if dude got off the island. I have no idea what happened. I spent the entire time like, what's my logical first move? Like, how can I do this? And because I'd gone to BOCES for auto mechanics, I'm like, they have had a welding program. Let me go talk to them and see. And I had talked to my then husband. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a metal sculptor. And He's just like, yeah, right, whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> we don't have money for any of this. Oh, I go up to, I go up to BOCES. It's uh, in Elmira, New York here. And uh, the same school I took the auto mechanics in and found out they do have an adult welding class. And it was $1,200 at the time. And that, um, you know, like it's a six month course. It gives you 104 hours of welding time. Um, in my opinion, it's like, it's a, like you learn the basics. Mm -hmm. um, you learn enough to pass the test and get into a shop kind of thing. Like they teach you a lot. They teach you a lot. But I mean, that's a, that's a short course. But I was like, this is what my logical first step is. And I never thought about step two. It was just like step one is learn to weld. 
at the time I was living in the projects, um, I was actually depressed and going through just, I was miserable in my relationship. Um, I'm a country girl and like living in the projects for me, I'm like so far out of my comfort zone, but we were not financially, like I said, um, I was the only one working at the time mm-hmm. and 10 grand a year for five of us. Like we had food stamps and section eight housing. Like I was just at one of my low points in my life. Um, I went back to him and told him I'm like $1,200 for this course. And he's like, no way. And I'm like, well, I'm the one that's working. So guess fucking what? Um, mm-hmm. I made a defiant decision and, you know, against his, you know, against his wishes, I, I started saving up. Um, took me nine months to get to school to save up the money yeah. for the school. Um, we were already like we were already starving, <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Um, and just I made it happen. It was what I wanted, um, and and started school. Um, I already knew I was in love with it before I started school, but uh, you know, logical first step, get into school, and then um, my teacher was just beautiful. Um, Jim Ostrom, I, I owe him everything. He, um, and I'm going to cry now. Um, he saw the passion. He saw that I was able to like, look at something and then recreate it. Um, and I could take direction. And so he's like, you need to go see Kenny over at Cameron Manufacturing and Design. It's a local custom fabrication shop. And because I had dealt with all this sexism and auto mechanics, I was just like, there is no way that I'm going to work for someone else. But I just, I didn't know what my next step was. I just knew, you know, mm-hmm. like that was, that was a, you know, the learning to weld. And he kept telling me, he's like, go see Kenny over Cameron. And I was just like, no, no, no. Um, bless this man's heart. Took me in the entire class on a field trip over to this company so that I can see this company. <laughs> yeah. I, I worked for, I worked for Cameron. I, I went over and went over and got my, uh, took a test and passed and got mm-hmm. hired on and I worked there for five years and got my journeyman and iron plate and sheet metal. That's awesome. Um, and I would imagine that that was paying much better than, uh, oh. <laughs> than the jobs you were kind of working to get oh along. My gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually went in there and I asked them at the time, and this is years ago, I asked them for $10 an hour, figuring that I was worth nine and it would give me wiggle room. And they offered me $13 an hour. And I was one damn loyal employee. <laughs> um, their, their benefits are amazing. And I went in there and like I said, I was worried about the sexism. These guys treated me like I, there's a brotherhood in welding. And I know I'm a girl, but I still call it a brotherhood. And I don't care if people are all, I don't, there's a brotherhood in welding. And I was treated as an equal mm-hmm. and I was treated with love and respect. And people saw the passion and just did everything that they possibly could to teach me and to guide me and to, and to help me out. And I am where I am today because of, you know, because of my teacher, Mr. Ostrom, because of Cameron manufacturing and all the amazing guys that work there that, and girl, cause my, my first teacher there was a, uh, was a woman who taught me how to take well. Thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate <laughs> you so much, but I, you know, I stand on the shoulders of giants, you know, these mm-hmm. people that have been willing to take their time and, share with me and yeah because of Cameron I was able to buy the house for this garage and from this one car garage you know I've all the things that I've done has you know has stemmed from that that's yeah that's awesome what do you what do you feel the difference is between like the auto mechanic world and then like the welding 
world, you know, you experienced anyways of, of just that, like the sexism, like why in one space and not in the other? What do you think the difference is? Um, there's actually no difference between the two industries. Um, I assumed because the shop I was in, uh, because I was treated with love and respect, I really thought that welding was like, welding's a different world. Um, I went out to Phoenix to work on an all-girl frame-up restoration of a 57 Chevy uh, pickup truck with Bogie Latiner in 2017. She brought in 80 women from all across the country that were various stages of um, welding, body work, auto mechanics, all the things that go along with building a, a vehicle ground up. And I talked with other women out there and I still, to this day, like I get messages from women. A lot of them are still dealing with sexism. I was, I'm going to say blessed, but that's bullshit. Like I was blessed to get a shop that were like, these guys just like love and respect. They saw, they saw my passion, but I also like from the time I was in auto mechanics to the time I went into welding, um, maybe eight years. And again, don't quote me on the time, yeah. but I mean, like, I've also matured a lot, which I'm going to use that term lightly. I haven't <laughs> matured at all, but like, <laughs> I don't take any shit from people today. Right. And it should someone say something. I have a backbone today, which I mean, it's still, it's still like someone makes like a comment that's just like that, which again, it's like, I don't know. I, I do know how to shut it down today because I've dealt with it, you mm -hmm. know, for so long in that industry. I like, I just stomped a mud hole in someone's ass today. But there's still women out there that are dealing with the sexism in these shops. And I was kind of shocked going out to, out to Phoenix and hearing from these women that were like, oh, I'm dealing with sexism. I was like, oh, no kidding. So, I mean, like, maybe it's shop specific. This company, I don't know if anyone in there is, is even sexism, sexist. But if they were, the company shuts it down. Mm. And I, like I said, I really like, I never got any kind of like flack whatsoever. Cameron sees the skills and that's what they're looking for. They don't give a shit with your you know, black, white, purple, green, or right. blue. Like they're looking for skilled individuals, which is how it should be everywhere. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. It's what you bring to the table. You know, I think probably in another generation, it will be completely gone. I think mm -hmm. my kids' generation is so much more, um just welcoming to everyone mm -hmm. and and people are a lot more like with, with social media which i think is just a gift to humanity um people are a lot more open-minded and i think that eventually like the people that are, are sexist like they're going to be moving out of the industries and you're going to have these people that are just you know they'll see the skills and i'll respect you for the skills and i think you know I can't wait for that to happen because it's just going to be a much more beautiful world for everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Tot men, totally. Men agree. can be nurse. Men can be nurses. Men can be chefs. You know, it's just like, yeah. it doesn't matter. And I think men get sexism too. Right. So it's like, we talk about women's sexism all the time, but you know, like men have to be manly all the time. And like, how fair is that to someone like men should be able to cry and like not be, you know, crap right. on because they, you know, because they're emotional. So I think sexism goes both ways and we don't always, uh, you don't always see like both sides of the coin, you know. Hey, makers, do you know Lauren of Rasp and File Designs? Well, if you don't, you should definitely go check out her work. You can find her on Instagram, Rasp File Designs. Lauren is making all kinds of cool furniture and home decor pieces out of live edge uh, hardwoods and metal bases. 
Um, that's not all she does though, so you should really go check her out and see what she's up to, especially as holiday seasons are coming up. And I know all of us makers really enjoy making our own Christmas presents, but perhaps you're running out of time, so you want to maybe go check out Lauren. She's in the D.C. area, so especially those who are close uh, location-wise to her. So go ahead, go check her out at Rasfile Designs on Instagram, and let's get back to the episode. Hey, makers. Today's episode is brought to you by Tool Mom and Company, or some of you know her as Tool Mom Bonnie. Uh, she has all kinds of tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing for all ages and genders available at toolmomstore.com. I have two of the coffee mugs. One says, Go Girl, and it has a circular saw with flames coming off the back, which is super sweet. And then the other one is the definition of a tool chick, which just makes you feel kind of badass when you're drinking out of it. So if you are in the market, especially as we're getting close to Christmas, for any tool-related merchandise, be that gifts or clothing, make sure you head on over to toolmomstore.com. And extra bonus, you can receive 20% off at checkout if you use the coupon code MAKERMOM. All right, let's jump back into the episode. Uh, whichever way we'll, we'll get smarter as we get older and hopefully it, I, like I, said, I think I think my kids generation I think they're gonna change it and I think like I think about like how I'm raising my kids versus how my parents raised me and it's like you kind of like you know you take what you like and you leave the rest yeah. and you add you know add yours and I'm like what you know what did I feel like worked what could I feel and like you know my kids mm-hmm. will do the same thing and same thing but when I think with technology I think it's changed so much stuff because then you get to have you get to see other people's, other people's stuff. Like instead of only what's going on in your home, you're like, Oh, like this person's raising their kid in that way. I'm like, I never would have thought about that. That's brilliant. And then like, now it's like, there's just such a, such a vast change from like Mm -hmm. me raising my kid to, you know, like (laughs) I don't have grandkids yet, but uh, should I someday, like it's going to be a whole world different than, than how I even raise my kid. Right. Yeah. Well, and representation matters, right? Like now there's like yeah. uh, boys and girls out there who can see you being a female welder and think nothing of it because yeah. they see your stuff, yes. you know? Oh, I love it. <laughs> and that's what we need too, is like when we have people that are outside, I'm going to say social norms and I hate yeah. doing that. I hate doing quotes in the air and saying social norms because <laughs> what is normal? But uh, yeah, when, when we put out on social media, what we're doing, we say, you know, other women will look at it and be like, oh my gosh, she's doing it. I can too. And mm-hmm. that's what we need to do is just continue to continue to showcase people who are outside of, you know, outside of the norms, like doing mm-hmm. stuff so that people realize that it's, you know, anyone could do anything. It doesn't matter who you are. That's right. That's right. All right. So you're working in a shop, you're getting your certifications. How do you get into the artistic side then how do you start making the sculptures um the whole reason to learn welding was to make the sculptures so um once i was in the shop it took me i think three three years of working there um got a divorce fixed my credit and then saved up and bought this house for the garage 
and then saved up for another. It took me nine months after I bought the house. I'm looking at my welders <laughs> to buy my, I love you, babies. Um, <laughs> Uh, it took me another nine months to save up for, I got a MIG welder, a TIG welder, and a plasma cutter, and, um, and a chop saw, international symbol for chop saw. <laughs> um, and I just started playing around. Um, I came in here, and I, for whatever reason, and listen, like, I have lived in trailer parks, I have lived in government-subsidized housing, I've lived in slum apartments, and I'm not sure why this came to me. But a three-tier chandelier came to my mind, and I have no idea why, right? Like, I don't know. None of my trailers have ever had a chandelier, let alone a (laughs) three-tier chandelier. But that's the first thing I made. Uh, Just came in here and had a vision of what I wanted it to look like and made it. Um, I found out later on that just because you can weld doesn't mean you can fabricate. There are two different sides to that, and I didn't know. I just welding and fabrication was one thing to me because I could see it and then do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it took me 40 hours for that first sculpture. Um, took a picture of it, cried like a bitch, was scared to death to put it on <laughs> social media because yeah. it was like a journey of, let's see what it was 20, um, doing math on what year it was. I think it was 2012, 2013. So from 2007, it was like a good like six or seven years between mm-hmm. when I decided to become a sculptor till I made my first sculpture in my shop. So we're talking just with zero evidence that that could happen, that like in that six or seven years, um, it went from a dream to a reality. I was so effing scared to post that picture because it just, it felt so naked Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like, this has been a dream for so many years. I've been working so hard with like zero results for so many. I felt like zero results for so many years. But um, I finally posted that picture online. And um, the woman that taught me TIG welding, uh, and she spent a couple years working with me on that one. Man, I was awful when I started. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. <laughs> I, have to keep, I have to keep thanking her. But I posted that picture, and she said, uh, she says, oh, my God, Barbie, I, I'm like, she's like, I can never do that. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, it took me 40 hours. I'm like, you could do this in 10. Like, I'm like, you could make this in 10 hours. And she goes, I can weld. I can't fabricate. And she's like, she works from blueprints. And she's she's a brilliant, brilliant, like, TIG welder. And, you know, but I just, I assumed. Mm-hmm. Like, I just assumed because I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how I do it. It just happens. I can see it and I can make it. And like, it just, it just happens. But she's like, I like, I can't do it. I was like, well, no kidding. So from that, um, I posted stuff I was making on Facebook. Um, I think somewhere in 2015, I started Instagram and just like very, um, very rarely. I don't know. I was just, I was posting pictures on there. I had no idea what I was doing with yeah. the social media. I just knew I needed, like, I was like, that's how I can sell stuff. Um, but it wasn't happening because I had no idea what sales or marketing was. I mean, like I knew I could like starting to make stuff, but I have no Mm -hmm. clue what I'm doing. Um, And then let's see, 2014 came around and like at work, I got my journeyman and I asked for like this $2 raise. And I'd made a few things. I'd, I sold, um, I made a secure gun cabinet for a local gun shop. And I made security bars for their windows. So, I mean, like, I'd had two, like, really good successes. 
Mm -hmm. um, as far as like how much I charge for it. I was like, oh my God, I'm making money with this. It's time to quit my job. Um, quit my, like say I'd say I'd been saving up money, uh, cashed in my 401k. Um, <laughs> and I went to the, I went to the bank the day before my last day of work. And I was like, I would like a personal loan, please. Um, yes, I'm gainfully employed. Um, <laughs> and I figured worst case scenario, like it would give me, like, I, I figured I had about enough money saved up to cover my bills for about, um, about a year was my guess. Um, my math was agreed apparently because when I was in the shop before and the numbers I ran, I was like part-time because I was working every day that, you know, like my 40, 50 hour work week. And then I was coming home every night and I was putting in three, four hours, you know, in the shop making art. Um, it wasn't selling, but I was making it. And it was just like, you know, learning and practicing and I was having a blast. Um, but uh, when I was here, like when I quit my job, um, September 1st, 2014, scariest best worst day of my life I'm yeah. like, <laughs> but uh I quit my job and went full-time that money was gone in about about seven or eight months I was down to like 35 bucks in the bank um I was working in the shop like 14 16 and 18 hour days seven days a week making the stuff and man the like you know like getting material which I was using completely scrap metal like in the mm -hmm. beginning and up to you know up to very recently I've been using all scrap metal um, but I was pouring hours into the shop, which electric time material and all that. And, um, I was making a ton of art, but I wasn't selling it because again, I didn't know about sales. I didn't know about marketing and I'm not a stupid person, but I just like the whole dream had been to make art. Never right. once was like, Hey, let's sell art. <laughs> and it, again, like, I'm not a stupid person, but it just right. like, I had no clue the business side of Cause it's a business. Like yep. you hear the word artist and you think artist, but it's, it's a business. Um, and so I struggled deeply. Um, I'd gone back into depression and was really struggling, even getting into my shop. Like, and this brings me like so much love and joy, but I was just, I was, I was angry. I was frustrated. I'm like, I can't go back. You know what I'm saying? Like I left my job on such good terms that like, like for the first time in the history of the company, they threw a person a retirement party who didn't actually retire. <laughs> I mean, like I left on the best possible terms that you can leave. I had given them a one month notice. I trained my replacement. Like, you know, I love this company. They love me. And it is just, uh, I mean, like I could have gone back at any time, but I couldn't go back. Right. <laughs> I couldn't go back. I'm like, this is what I know. I know in my heart of hearts, like this is what I was meant to do. Um, my oldest son uh, moved back in the house and helped was helping pay with um, was helping pay the mortgage. So I didn't have like it really like lowered my bills. Thank you, thank you, Jamie. Oh my God! Like <laughs> how can you like no more honor for a parent than a son to do that? Like I'm supposed mm -hmm. to take care of him. Um, but what had happened was I had found like I was just doing all my art you know, and like, you know, post here and there, I'd sell a little bit here and there on like through Facebook. Um, and then I don't know how I figured it out, but somehow I found out like you could go to like um, an event and set up. Mm -hmm. And so I went down to, um, is it Millport, Pennsylvania? And they had like this fireman's day or some kind of fireman's festival. Um, they had a live band and like six vendors set up. Um, so I packed my younger son two tables that I set up art on and um, I'd made like a, an actual, I'd 
welded a table, um, bought a little canopy for like 50 bucks. And I, I took all this stuff up there and I tried to sell some stuff. Um, I might have sell I might have sold like 20 bucks worth of stuff, maybe like pay 50 bucks for the show, sell 20 bucks. Right. I'm like, this is great <laughs> business, great right. business skills. Um, <laughs> Um, the next weekend I had had already, uh, there was, um, the New York state chainsaw carving championship is in Erin, New York, which is my hometown. I didn't even know about it, but found out like, it's literally a mile from my house. Um, and I was just like, this is basically the end of my money is like, but it'll get me out. My neighbors, you know, have been hearing me making noises in my garage right. for the last, you know, <laughs> want to know what this shit's going on. Like, you know, I'll put it out there. Maybe my neighbors, you know, like we'll buy some stuff. Um, and I go up there, set up my tent. Um, God, just like the memories of doing this, right? Um, here, look at it. I set up my tent. I have a picture of it because you have to remember where you come from. Like, this is the shit. <laughs> Right. This is where my business started. This is ratchet. There are four different colored tarps in that picture because that's what I can afford. But uh, I know, right. Yeah. Very professional. Um, I set up my booth and my son at the time, I think he was 10 or 11, my younger boy. Um, he says, mom, why don't you go take a walk around because there's all these chainsaw carvers that are sculpting. Um, set up my booth and I go and like I said I was in depression at this time I had like gone back mm -hmm. into depression I was heartbroken like zero money in the bank and was just like struggling deeply like emotionally and financially my my art wasn't you know like my art was suffering because I'm just not in love right right um I am but like I should be but it just man um so I start walking around oh two things happened I start walking around and they were doing a speed carve right so there's one hour speed car where everyone gets the same size log. And there was, I think, 14, 14 different carvers. And they're all like in this circle and they're all carving as fast as they can. They've got one hour to carve. And at the end, it gets auctioned off. And two things happened with that. Like, I cannot thank my younger son enough. Thank you for being so mature and giving me this opportunity. I'm so lucky to have the kids I have. Um, as I'm walking around, I see this gentleman and he's got the chainsaw running. He's got his headphones on with the music going and he's just like, you know, he's rocking it out and he's, you know, he's doing like this. He's just doing the carving and yeah. just, he takes a step back and I watch him have this moment that I normally have. It's a very private moment that I've had is where you finish something and you look at it and you give it like this nod of approval where it's just like, fucking love you. I made this and I approve. Right. And I watched him have this moment and it really just shook me to my core. It was just like, that's why am I allowed to swear? Cause I'm yes. going to, it's just going to yeah, be like, good. I'm, good. Say, <laughs> I'm just like, bitch, that's why you're making art is not to make the money. It's to have that, that moment of just, it's just pure love and approval. It's approval of self because you made that that's you. And so I watched him have this moment and it just shook me. I was like, that's why you're making the art. Like, fuck the money. Like, go and make the art that makes you happy, that makes you go, yes, I made that, right? That happened. But also I watched the auction afterward. And what had happened was people are watching them create and then they're buying it and something clicked. I'm like, if people were to watch me create art, then they'll buy it. And so like, this is ridiculous because I'm a welder and welding and you right. can't watch it. But I remembered at the company I used to work at, 
they have these things called welding curtains and it's mm -hmm. like a, a see-through-ish, I'll say ish, a yeah, see-through-ish yeah. <laughs> curtain that you can watch a welder, but it's not going to hurt the, hurt your eyes. You can't watch it for a long time, but you can watch it. Right. So I left that show with a couple of new friends who are chainsaw carvers. I love you, Cheryl and Snuffy. Um, and the idea that I'm going to create a live art welding show, um, because I didn't have any money or anything in the bank, I just started going around to local businesses and asking them um, if you would donate four welding curtains to me that I could put around a little booth that I will hang your banner up. Um, I'll travel to all the shows. I'll put your banner up. I'll promote you. And then you'll go, you know, I'm saying like together mm -hmm. we rise kind of yeah. thing. I think I went to 19 or 20 different shops that all were just like, girl, you're bat crap crazy. <laughs> and finally I go to Praxair, a gas company. I had to go get welding supplies. And while I was in there, I'm like, oh my gosh, welding curtains. So I started to ask the guy. And before I even got all the words out of my mouth, he was like, what do you need? Um, thank you, Praxair. Like they gave me four, four welding curtains, you know, on the frames. And um, next thing you know, like, Barbara the Welder's live welding show, which I didn't have a name for it. Like <laughs> it was born. Right. Um, I started pulling shows with these chainsaw carvers who started inviting me to different shows with them. They're like, Hey, you know, like uh, my, my next one, like they took me out to Coney Island for 4th of July. And if you've ever been out there, like that's crazy people. I made more money there at that show than I had in like the, you know, the entire year put together kind of thing and it saved my ass i mean like i was struggling i didn't get to weld at coney island but i got to go out and mm -hmm. sell my art and like i mean i sold a lot of stuff out there but i started traveling with the chainsaw sculptor started making some money i started pulling some other shows but with the live welding thing i just kind of pulled some shit out of my ass <laughs> i was just like um i see like this big show like um americade um americade is the largest motorcycle it's like not just harleys it's just like all motorcycles um i believe i don't know if it's on the east coast or wherever it's a large motorcycle show hundred thousand attendees every year um i contacted them because i love motorcycles and i'm like hey i have this live art welding show i'm like i normally charge 500 dollars a day which is a total bullshit <laughs> <laughs> I never charge anything. I'm like, I right. normally charge 500 bucks a day, but I will trade you for the entrance fee to get in, which was $1,800. And so the lady's like, I'll talk to my people. I get back a hold of you. I got a Maricade and got to weld into Maricade, which is just incredible. Um, from that, I, I ended up going up and down the East Coast and welding from Vermont all the way down to Georgia. Um, in 2015, I did 48 shows in 52 weeks. I didn't weld at all of them, but like, yeah, I welded in eight <laughs> states that year. And so like, that's how I started really getting my name out was like through these shows, but I also learned about social media and really about mm -hmm. taking great pictures and promoting what I was doing. But then after doing all those shows, um, 2015 I was really starting to feed my belly like the money was coming right. in and I was getting some I was getting some um some eyeballs on my work I think at that year um Bailey Industrial picked me up as a sponsor which was just crazy um and it might have been 2016 but at the end of 2015 I was sitting at the Shimon County Fair and I'd set up my booth for 
the seven days, I think it was at the fair was there six days, however long it was, it was like 71 hours. I remember the hours because I was sitting there. They wouldn't let me weld at it. And so I'm like sitting in the booth and I'm just like, mm. <laughs> you know, I made a little bit of money, but right. like it just clicked in my head. I'm like, I am making money. I'm feeding my belly. I no longer have to eat ramen noodles. Like I can choose right. to now, but I wasn't feeding my soul. What was happening was what had happened was I was coming home, you know, end of weekend, end of a show. I was hammering out mass produced stuff. I love it. It's beautiful. But it was the stuff I knew in the price range from like $10 to $75 yeah. and sell really fast. It shows. And like I said, I was making good money. Like, I'm like, holy crap, like this is working. But my art wasn't progressing. And I wasn't welding as much as I wanted to. Because like, I, you know, I weld for three days and then travel to a show. And like I said, from Vermont to Georgia, like it was, you know, just I was all over the place. Um, met the most amazing people, but the art wasn't progressing. So I was sitting at that fair and all that downtime. I'm like, that's it, man. I'm like, for 2016, I'm picking three of my favorite shows. I'm only going to do those three shows and I'm going to learn how to sell online. And that's when I really started getting serious about my social media. Um, I study on YouTube, how to, you know, how to have a YouTube channel. Yeah, I study yeah. on YouTube, how to, you know, how to do Instagram and how, like, how to grow followers organically. And what ended up happening is in this journey, it was never intended in the beginning. My journey was just going to be to create art. Um, I found this love for teaching and found it is like, because I struggled so hard to learn, like everything I know is self-taught. Weirdly, I never went on YouTube and look how to make metal <laughs> art. Like, don't ask again. I'm, I feel like I'm an intelligent woman, but like, I literally just went and just, I, you know, I taught myself how to do the art, mm -hmm. but because I struggled so hard in trying to grow my business and grow my art and like get my art really to level it up, that as soon as I would learn something, I'd want to teach someone else. Cause I'm like, this is bringing me so much joy that if I could teach someone else, like maybe someone else could start their own business or even just go and tinker around in the shop and just really have fun creating because there is this just such deep sense of joy and fulfillment and creating and like building with your hands and seeing it come from here to like being like from nothing to mm -hmm. something. There is just such a deep, deep fulfillment. It brought me self-love. It pulled me out of depression. Um, it took me from someone who like, I used to really deeply hate myself and I've gone through some stuff because of that to today. And like, I'm, I'm so in love with myself. Like I love who I am. I'm very deeply proud of who I am. And so my wish and desire is that by teaching, I can bring other people, you know, like hopefully they can find that, you know, that mm -hmm. self-love as well. The, you know, like the fulfillment and creation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you in the sense of like, when you find something you love to create, like, it's almost just as fun to like share that with somebody else and watch oh, them yeah. like, get that moment themselves like yeah. <clears throat> um I went to yes. a, a conference at the start of the year before all of this COVID stuff happened um <clears throat> and I taught a you know I co-taught a power carving class there and there were a couple of people who awesome. took that class who had never tried it and then it's like but I watched them fall in love with it and then you know now oh, they yeah. do it and it's like yeah that's what I 
that's what's really fun and exciting. Oh, that's amazing. Um, that's so cool. I, like one of my favorite things about chainsaw sculpting is that there's so many women involved. It really shocked me when I first saw it because it's like I'm so used to being the only in my field when I'm right. a mechanic and as a welder. <laughs> and to see so many women out there, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> women bring a different mindset yeah. to stuff than men do. And like the men make this incredible stuff like the women do too. But it's just amazing to see just that. It's, it's that different. You, it, you is. Can tell. Yeah. it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It's wonderful. So you also mentioned in your intro about you have wrote five books. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's quite a few books. So um, are they about your craft? Are they just about like life experience? Like what, what are your books about? So I've got both actually. Um, voted least likely to graduate high school, let alone like write books, right? Like English was my worst class in school. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> just never imagined a million years. But um, my, my first book came about when I had a friend in an entrepreneur group that I joined later on who is, um, he calls himself a part-time photographer, but he's amazing. Um, took a picture of my uh, horseshoe wine rack. It was a beautiful picture. I put it up on my Pinterest. And it went viral. Don't ask me how it happened, but and I haven't been able to replicate it in all these years. <laughs> but like twelve thousand and some odd likes on this wine rack. And soon after that, I had a publisher get a hold of me and say, um, "Can you write a book on horseshoe crafts?" I'm like, "Absolutely." I thought it was bullshit. Actually, I really thought it was just <laughs> right, like bullshit. Right. Um, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I can write you a book. No problem." Because I mean, I'm already making the videos, so. They were like, okay, like, can you make 25 projects? I'm like, sure. They're like, can you make 30 projects? I'm like, sure. <laughs> and, and then, and then they, then they sent me a check and I'm like, oh shit, like this is like, I really yeah. just thought it was bullshit. Right. Um, so I sat down and in 40 hours wrote my first book, uh, 23 and a half thousand words and over 400 pictures step-by-step -step on how to weld horseshoe crafts. Um, I took all the pictures myself and welded 30 sculptures in eight hours because I, <laughs> I was good at mass, I was right. good at mass producing stuff. The horseshoe art is so much fun. So my first book is, um, horseshoe crafts, uh, more than 30 projects you can weld at home. Um, and that was done with a publisher with Skyhorse publishing. Um, my second book is called the inspiration blueprint. And that teaches you how to have, how to live an inspired life, how to create an inspire, a life that inspires you instead of needing motivation. Like you wake up in the morning and are excited to go. And this teaches you step-by-step step how to do that. My third book, oh my gosh, doing bad. Um, uh, silverware Animals, 30 projects you can weld at home. So it's just completely out of silverware and it's just 30 animals. Oh my gosh, so much fun with that one. I love that one. And then after that, I came up with um, scrap metal art. 30, 30 is my number, right? 30, <laughs> 30 projects you can make with scrap metal. Um, and then my, that was my, my fourth, my fifth book is called Honor Thy Art. Uh, it teaches you how to be an extremely successful artist, like people who know how to make the art, but they're starving artists, which I'm going to eradicate that word or that term <laughs> from society. Like that is my goal is to get rid of all starving artists. 
um, it's eat and go create, right? Yeah. So I teach artists how to be deeply successful as artists, how to brand themselves, like that they're actually running a business and they need a brand, how to market themselves, how to sell their art and how to like promote themselves. Um, I'm madly in love with that book because there are so many artists out there that are just brilliantly talented and that are not getting seen because they don't know how to like how to do the branding and the marketing. Mm-hmm. And the selling and it's just like now more than ever especially with with COVID and what's going on the artists actually have job security where everyone else doesn't and it's about setting yourself up the right way so honor thy art is my latest one and i actually have um i have another book that's in the process um i need to like i'm working on the sculpture right here and when this is done i will sit down and write my next book which is called fuck you fuel and that's how to turn shit into sugar <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that is the title. That is the title of the book. I just like I'm gone. Like I've gone full Barbie on that one. Like there is swelling on the cover. So like I've gone from very like you know like I'm like you know flying under the radar to my my you know my my sailor trucker mouth is coming out of this one. Uh, so the first one you said you had a publisher. The rest of them have you self published or still working yes. with publishers? Okay. Self published. So I did offer. I did um, the scrap metal art. The publisher tried to get that one. Um, I refused them because uh, when they publish a book for you and like, look, I'm so grateful for the publishers. Had they not approached me, like there are five books, it wouldn't exist. I never would have thought of that on my own. I would have never thought I was capable of it. And the only reason I said yes is I really thought it was bullshit Um, because I did not think I was capable of writing a book. Um, But when a publisher writes your, or publishes your book for you, I guess they do a bulk of the work. Like you write it and then you hand them all this stuff and then they like, they edit it. Mm. And you know, like they do all the printing, they get it. And like my first book's in Tractor Supply, it's in Barnes and Noble. And then it's all over like a whole bunch of different websites online. Mm -hmm. Um, My other books are either through me or on Amazon. Um, But the publisher, when the publisher does it, you get, I think it's 45 cents a book. 45, 50 cents a book. I'm, you know, and, and they're selling them for like 17, 18 bucks. And I'm getting like 45. Like I did a ton of work. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that was a lot of work for me to do. And so when I published my, so I, I offered them the second book and they're like, no, thanks. I mean, it's totally like the inspiration blueprint is right. totally different from, so it wasn't in their wheelhouse, but it was part of my contract that they got my second like dibs. Um, I published that and I get nine bucks a book. Um, it is a world of difference between how much, you know what I'm saying? So like they, they went after my, uh, I didn't even offer them the silverware book, uh, the silverware art, the metal art, or yeah, good job, Barbie, the mm-hmm. how to weld silverware animals book. I didn't mm-hmm. even offer them that. Um, they must be watching me because they came after me for that. Um, they wanted to publish the how to weld um, scrap metal art book. And I asked them for more money per copy because I'm like, they can get it into places that I can't. And the idea of creating these books is so that people can learn to weld. Like, yes, I want money for it, but ultimately I want people to, you know, create art and to to love Mm -hmm. themselves and to have fun with it and just express, right? To be able to express themselves. And so if I can let them do the bulk of the work and then I can collect a little bit of money and like it gets out to more people, I'm like, that's where I want to be, right? I want the people to have it. The book's no good if people don't read it. So I went after them for a little bit more money because I've grown myself as an artist and like, damn, I deserve it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're just like, no, I, I needed it to be out by a certain date too. I'm like, you guys need to have it out by 
Thanksgiving because I want it available for Christmas because this is a perfect time. And they couldn't hit either thing. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I ended up publishing it myself, which it's actually done wildly good. And I'm super excited about it. And I just, it's, they're all, all five books are available through Amazon plug for myself. That's right. Hey, <laughs> I'm all about self-promotion during the podcast. Oh, shameless, shameless <laughs> self-promotion. <Yes. laughs> I'll just be hitting you up. Uh, I'll be hitting you up later. I have a couple of books that I want to write and I'm kind of at what yes. you were at before of like, I don't feel totally confident that this is something I can do, you know, well and uh, execute well, but I've I'm right now just soaking up information from all these wonderful yes. creative women who have already done it and trying to it's get there. It's way easier. It's way easier than, uh, gosh, it's way easier. And if you're going to go and do it on the sculpting side and like teach people how to mm -hmm. sculpt, if that's your vision, I could show you how to do it super easy so that you can show exactly how to do it with make it as easy as possible for people to learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, happy to help you with that. I'm excited. Awesome. Um, yeah, right now it's one of those things that's like just making yourself sit down and actually put like thoughts to digital paper, but you know, put <laughs> sit down and sit down and, and write is just one of those like the laptop's the scariest thing at the moment um, <laughs> type thing. But um <clears throat> Well, we are actually at the end of our time, so I'm going to give you more opportunities for shameless plugs <laughs> of how, to, how people can, uh, you know, how you want people to find you and follow along with you. Um, the best way is through social media. I'm pretty active on Instagram, LinkedIn. I love, and like each social media platform gives me a little bit different of a way to express myself. So like my business side is over on LinkedIn and I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn is just amazing. Instagram is where I do most of my teaching as far as just like, this is the products I use. Like this is how to get this technique or this, you know, here's like a new, you know, a new YouTube video. Um, I teach through YouTube. So anytime, if you're looking for how to weld metal art, just search Barbie the Welder on YouTube. I'm Barbie the Welder on all platforms, but okay. YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm freaking in love with TikTok. I'm over on TikTok now too. Uh -huh. So all of those and my website is barbiethewelder.com. Awesome. And I know you do lives because I follow you on Instagram and TikTok so, and LinkedIn, I think. Um, so. so I know, I know you do <laughs> lives. You. You. Um, I know you do lives. Do you, I've seen you do lives on TikTok and Instagram, right? Do you do those consistently? Instagram is where I go live most of the time. Okay. Um, TikTok, I have done live, I think once. And I really should get into like, I think it'd be cool to get into just like live streaming some sculpture building. I was doing that for a while over on, on YouTube. But it really wasn't, um, I don't know, it just, with all due respect, it kind of takes away from like, I'm like, Oh, is the camera right? Is this right? This? And I yeah. need to be focused on my art. Yeah. So TikTok, I think I could just set that like set it and forget it. And it was like, Oh, yeah, I'm live streaming. That's right. So just kind of set it up so that uh, People go watch me create on there. I think probably TikTok would be, uh, I just haven't done it yet and I just need to pull the trigger, right? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things too, though. Like I've done the live streaming of creating on Instagram and I think like, like the process takes longer than what I think people think it takes. 
if that makes sense. Oh my gosh. You know, uh, let's see. You're, you're looking at, this is America's ass. Uh-huh. You're looking at, you're looking at two months into a sculpture that I thought was going to be done a month ago. Yeah. I still need to finish, still need to finish welding and grinding top of her. That'll be done today. I have her arms and her head and her hair to do still. Um, yeah, I was supposed to be done now. Um, beyond before now so yeah you're not telling me nothing no <laughs> people like and i it's like it's interesting like people have no idea how long it takes apparently neither the freak do i <laughs> yeah oh i'm with you there too whenever i quote a project i've started to finally learn i need to either double or triple the time that i think it that will take. Right there. <laughs> like that is like I've, I've gone into doubling it i'm like whatever i think for hours like i think doubling it for like what i guess yeah. apparently i i overestimate my ability to be you know <laughs> God, I'm like, it's like, it's like, you know, after a month, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what was I thinking? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, love you. I love you, baby. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, probably awesome. a dirt a swath of dirt in my face now. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Like, no different than any other day. Yeah, that's right. Well, thanks so much, Barbie, for chatting with me today. Really appreciate it. Uh, deeply grateful for the honor to come on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you. All right. Again, that was Barbie the Welder, and I'll include all the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes, or if you're watching this on YouTube, down in the description down below. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so, if you are enjoying all of these interviews of these amazing women, non-binary makers, and you want to help support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is just to make sure that you hit that subscribe button on whatever app you are listening or watching the podcast on. Also, super helpful, go over to iTunes and leave a five-star review or on YouTube, leave a comment down below. That helps all the different algorithms know that this is something that you enjoy and they'll start giving it and showing it to other people who might enjoy it as well. Lastly, you could totally just uh, share out your favorite episode, your favorite maker out on social media. If you do it on Instagram, make sure you uh, tag at Maker Mom Podcast so that I see it and then I can repost it as well to give you credit for sharing the episode. I really do appreciate it. And as long as you tag me, that makes sure that I see it and uh, get to know that more people are watching the podcast. If you want to up it a little bit uh, as far as supporting the podcast, head on over to Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash maker mom podcast. There's a few different uh, tier levels for you over there. A one, three, or five dollar tier level. All of it gets you part of the tribe, gets you access to the any additional content that gets put out. Um, and then there's different merchandise depending on what tier level you pick. There is also a thirty dollar a month tier level, which makes you an official sponsor of the podcast. Um, those spots are limited. In fact, I only have one left. So if that is something you were thinking about, uh, make sure you hop on that sooner rather than later. But as an official sponsor of the podcast, then you get your own little ad spot somewhere within the episode, every episode, every month. 
Okay, or if you just wanna flat out get some merchandise, a sticker or a t-shirt, you can message me over on Instagram, again, at MakerMomPodcast. You can also email me, MakerMomPodcast at gmail.com and let me know uh, if you want a t-shirt or a sticker and we can make that happen. When I am not making a podcast, when I'm not interviewing guests for that podcast, I am designing and making furniture and home decor for bold homes over at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings across all the different social media platforms. So TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. think I got them all Um, but that's where you can find me and check that out as well and see what projects I am up to or shenanigans I will throw out there that there are an occasional me dancing in the shop video just saying Um, all right so it is Wednesday it is hump day we are halfway through the week Uh, if you are not a full-time maker I hope that you're getting to get out in the shop and make something, uh, give you a little bit of that you time. If you are a full-time maker, I still hope you're getting some of that uh, you time in right now. And uh, I'll see you guys all on Friday.